Hello, and welcome to the 2050 Problem Podcast. My name is Clay Napperano, and I'm coming to you to talk about environmental legislation from the youth. This podcast is going to be covering every week a different story from a young voice and perspective pursuing legislation to make environmental change in their own communities. It's something that I've been doing for a long time. Uh, I'm in the middle of a year and a half long stint trying to restrict plastic straws and stirs in full service restaurants in my hometown. Uh, it just passed our town meeting with a referral to the Board of Health. Uh, it was delayed because of coronavirus. Um, I passed it by the town finance committee back in March, but uh, the town meeting delayed all the warrant articles for the spring town meeting uh, in order to focus on the full year 2021 town budget uh, because of, as I said earlier, coronavirus. Uh, they pushed everything back and Currently, uh, I presented on a Zoom town meeting, which <laughs> it's interesting to say the least. It presents some obvious and uh, not so obvious problems with people trying to figure out the technology, uh, people trying to vote online and whatnot. Uh, so the first time I passed it by the finance committee, I actually passed with favorable action. But again, that's a different story. Uh, so for those of you in the Northeast uh, who are not in a city, uh, you don't have a mayor, uh, your town government is probably run by town meeting. Uh, so let me break that down a little bit. Town meeting runs in a very democratic style. It dates back to, what, like the 1620 Mayflower Compact, representative assemblies. Um, the the Essentially, the way to make change in a local government is to go through uh, committees with these Warren articles. Uh, and Warren articles involve petitioning, a bunch of signatures from voting age citizens and uh, writing a resolution or a, a bylaw for the Warren article, uh, submitting it to the town clerk, um, and then they give it to the committee that it falls under, uh, under the jurisdiction of. Uh, so personally, I had to go through my town's finance committee uh, and for a single-use plastic ban, bags, straws, styrofoam, stirs. Uh, that's usually the committee that you go through. Uh, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but uh, most finance committees, and uh, mine was no exception, uh, is sometimes hesitant about approving restrictions to a business um, just because the finance committee is supposed to, again, uh, protect the finances of, of the town or uh, even the city. Uh, but as long as you do your research, I did my research, they should be flexible. Uh, usually they either pass with a referral to sponsor, which makes you go to um, the town meeting and then the... Uh, respective committee uh, or favorable action. You go to the respective committee and you then draft the bylaw. Um, you draft the change and you'd either go by town meeting again or pass a bylaw from the committee or the board uh, or favorable action, which uh, makes you go to town meeting, but passes the bill upon a, uh, you have to pass it upon a majority vote. Um, so my resolution uh, just passed with referral. So I have some more time before the uh, restriction is enacted. However, since the uh, Board of Health actually makes the bylaw um, reach out to the head and try to speak at a meeting uh, for the Board of Health as well, even if you're presenting by uh, the, like the Finance Committee or something else, uh, I, made the <laughs> I made the mistake of writing a bylaw bill first, and uh, they definitely preferred my resolution at the Finance Committee. So uh, bylaw is something that usually gets written by a committee or a board. It's a legal document that uses specific wording and formatting. 
Uh, I worked with a town meeting representative, and I would recommend that if you plan on presenting a bylaw, uh, uh, yeah, I'd recommend that if you if you plan on going through with um, actually presenting like completed bylaw, work with a uh, representative of town meeting, someone who knows their stuff, someone who's experienced. Um, so resolution, uh, which is what I ended up presenting, it's much easier to write. Uh, to give you a brief rundown on writing a resolution, uh, you start with the phrase, quote, uh, move the town meeting vote to support the following resolution, end quote. Uh, then you follow that up with uh, whereas and a bunch of statements. Uh, you end up with, you know, therefore resolved, and you talk about town meeting, uh, making an article, uh, and then resolved. You say resolved, and you talk about who enforces it. I'll just read my resolution just to give you an idea. So this is the resolution that I presented, plastic straw and stir restriction resolution. Uh, plastic straw and stir restriction resolution. Uh, move that the town vote to approve the following resolution. Uh, whereas uh, my town, the town of insert town here, uh, has not ruled on the restriction of plastic straws and stirs. And whereas I cited the chapter here um, of the uh, town board of health regulations uh, that reduces the use of plastic bags, plastic straws would be a similar regulation and thus easier to regulate and create because it has, done, uh, has been done before with success in my town. And whereas plastic straws do not consistently pass through recycling plants and thus end up in the environment which pollutes our oceans and forests, since plastic straws are not biodegradable, and whereas paper straws and other alternatives are produced in the United States, while plastic straws are mostly produced overseas, therefore purchasing paper straws supports American industry, and whereas, um, I'll get into this later, uh, whereas my high school uh, removed plastic straws from its cafeteria, and the movement was highly supported by students, uh, whereas if food establishments do not want to purchase alternatives to plastic straws, they can simply not use straws, and whereas, if a customer has any impairments or disability that requires them to use a plastic beverage straw, or a customer wants to drink from a plastic straw, food establishments shall be allowed to provide this, and whereas, uh, my town should not prohibit anyone from drinking from a plastic beverage straw or using a plastic stir, uh, they should just restrict them in full service restaurants, and whereas, restricting plastic drinking straws from eating establishments is a simple solution that would only benefit my town, uh, the United States industry and the environment, uh, therefore resolved that the town by vote of town meeting will create an article restricting plastic beverage straws and stirrers from full service restaurants with a small fine if restaurants do not comply, and resolved that the town requests that the health department alongside the building department and the office of sustainability to execute the law drafted in part by the board of health. So that's just to kind of give you a rundown of my resolution, I ended up writing it myself uh, prior to writing the bylaw, so that's how I had the research for the chapter um, from the uh, Board of Health regulations. So make sure you're doing your research, make sure you're working with people who know their stuff, um, and make sure you're kind of reading every single word of that resolution and uh, being able to back all of it up with uh, facts and support. Again, I'll get into this a little bit later. So a little bit more on town meeting. Uh, town meeting itself can be pretty, pretty darn long and tedious. Uh, so be prepared, really be prepared to wait a long time. Uh, my town does not publish a schedule. They just have a list of warrants and things to discuss. 
so there's really no way to tell when things are going to be discussed. Um, I was 15th on the docket, uh, just for reference, and it took me three to four weeks of meetings to present. Uh, they would do like twice a week for a couple hours in the evening, so I kind of cut out my evenings, but it's it was worth it. Um, it's a, so what it is, is it's a, it's a few elected members from each district that go over resolutions, warrants, and town budgets. Uh, there's a moderator. Um, there's about, uh, 200 or so, depending on the size of your town, um, that are supposed to represent the districts in town meeting. Uh, they discuss for <laughs> a very long time, uh, and vote to pass things. Most of the voting decisions are pretty resounding, which is interesting, even for something like the town budget that gets talked about forever. Uh, the decisions are pretty concrete. However, it is fervently slow. A theme that I want to explore throughout this podcast is slowness and languidity. Uh, Democratic American government, local, state, and federal, has a history and a, a tendency of being very slow. Um, to, to make a change, present a bill, you have to go through a committee, go through um, the passing it in the House and the, the Senate. Um, you have to, if there's a rules committee or a ways and means committee, um, it's just committees on committees on committees and waiting and passing. Uh, and eventually, if your bill goes into law or um, it goes to a board to get written into a law, um, that then has to get carried out by a department. It, it it takes a long time. And another, just a side note, uh, they get very upset at you of town hall, a uh, town hall. If you don't know the difference uh, between a, a, a department and a and a board, uh, so if you're trying to get into something like this, make sure that you know the difference between uh, the say like the board and the Department of Health in your town. They will get upset at you. They will. They have for me. Um, so don't make that mistake. Uh, so again, like writing, writing a law like this takes a pretty long time. It can take up to six months to a year to write and then enforce and enact. And there's a lot of pushback, uh, from both the, the departments and the committee. Um, I got pushback from, uh, board of health and pushback from the finance committee. Uh, so when I first presented in front of the finance committee, I talked for about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and they asked questions for about an hour. Um, I bunkered down, and it was some were supportive, some weren't. Uh, I would say uh, they were trying very hard to be um, respectful for me and my time, but I could tell they did not agree with me. Um, some interesting opinions in local uh, town government. You get some very interesting uh, people with opinions that are a little bit off the beaten path. So the second time, the second time, uh, they didn't talk as much, but they pushed back on the, uh, the, the, the quote, small fine aspect of my resolution. Uh, even though I got a vote of favorable action the first time, they talked for a very long time. Yeah, it was, it was a different group of people there the second time. Um, depending on where you are, elections are pretty constant. So these, these groups are ever changing. And the second group of people had some overlap, but um, a little bit more concern uh, with actually the same resolution. And I had done more research anyway, um, but they just didn't inquire it of me. Um, so even though 
again with the whole small fine uh, the, the whole small fine thing even though small fine is the the precedent for plastic straw restriction in california towns in massachusetts towns in um towns in oregon all across the nation um they still push back against it um i read this wonderful article about a guy in dc uh, who went to restaurants issued warnings he never actually issued any fines uh, because restaurants actually complied with the plastic straw uh, restrictions in DC. Um, the fine is usually around like $25 caps at like 425 or something. Um, but again, it's, it's obviously something that adds up. Um, I would be stupid not to mention the economic consequences of adding another fixed cost, uh, that makes opening a restaurant harder to do local business harder to do. However, especially because of the pandemic, those fixed costs are pretty high. Um, for those established restaurants, it's, it's important to note that in the long term, all costs are variable, right? Uh, meaning that a fixed cost means less to an established restaurant or a small business. However, again, it's important to have the proof and the economics on hand um, about how these costs are going to affect local businesses. Um, and that's something that I did. I, you know, I... I I reached out and I got support from restaurants uh, across my town. I emailed full service restaurants. There's about 50 of them in my area um, to make them aware of the possible change. I got a lot of support. Uh, and for those that didn't respond, uh, the argument can no longer be made that they were completely unaware of the change. Uh, so less pushback, which is always a good thing. So um, especially in a small town, it, it only takes an hour or so to email small businesses with your resolution and just to ask for support. There's there's really nothing to lose in that sense. And it's sort of a shame because the environment, environmental change is something we, we, we really need in this country. It's something we need to do now. But there are other things that people are concerned with. And we need to care about that. To get things off the ground, I need to. I, I I have to care about these things, pay attention to these things in my research, in order to make environmental legislation work. So, as much as we might not have the Earth as we know it today, um, in a couple of years, because of small things like single-use plastics all contributing and uh, contributing to pollution, um, paying attention to small businesses, although it may seem contrite. It's all really important. It's all really quite important, especially if you're passing things by local government uh, that tends to push back. Uh, so part of this podcast is is not just getting uh, America to move towards a ban on single-use plastics and to pass actual environmental legislation that makes a change, but to grapple with what I'm calling the 2050 problem. Everything that I've read even from politicians who are incredibly supportive of environmental change, youth activism, and sustainability. The ever-loaming, you know, Green New Deal, it, it all hinges upon the year 2050. Carbon emission free by 2050. Single-use plastics free by 2050. We claim that things are going to be better by 2050, no matter what. If we elect this person, or enact this plan, or do this thing. But scientifically or not, if we are too polarized to make any significant change in the federal government or even the state government, and nobody is bringing these issues up in state or local governments at a large scale, 
and nothing changes in 2050. 2050 is too late. It is far too late. We are we are in a climate emergency. People have been telling us this. Scientists have been telling us this for years and years and years. We can't just procrastinate this issue 30 years. The last time we procrastinated an issue like this, we got into a civil war with repercussions that continue to this day. Procrastination is not a good thing in this country, especially when it involves human lives. And I'm not trying to compare this with the civil war at all, but I think that this, again, is a climate emergency. And I think that we need to continue to mobilize this generation because we can do something. We can make a change. But they need to get things done. We need our youth environmental action leaders to hold their protesting sign in one hand and their petition for a Warren article in another. That's the next step in this youth climate activism movement. The plan for this show is to bring people on who share my experience and can bring light to others. This podcast is about giving people the tools and information that they need to get environmental change done. I'm bringing on guests that share my experience again and can help people around the country, help youth, kids around the country make real change. This is an incredibly diverse movement, and not only because we're an incredibly diverse generation, but because environmentalism against what our federal government continues to tell us and show us is a bipartisan issue. We cannot allow a party that literally denies science to hold any water. We cannot allow one political party to monopolize on our earth. The environment is a bipartisan issue because we all live on this world together. We need to make that very clear. Not to praise Nixon because he was not the best president, but Nixon, a staunch Republican, passed environmental legislation. He founded the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, in 1970. Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, member of the birthday party. We all live on the earth. End of story. Seeing the youth fight their hearts out and politicians do absolutely nothing in response is disgusting. This is why I started my journey. I met with my state house representative and his legislative aide asking to make a statewide ban a couple of years ago. And they told me I need to step down, try to ban plastic straws in the school, in the town. I met with my superintendent and she told me to step down to just the high school. I met with my principal and we talked about it for a little while told me to step down. Eventually, I met with the head of food services for my high school, and she took the little metal tray of plastic straws, individually wrapped plastic straws out of the cafeteria. They were gone. I had gotten rid of the straws of my high school. I corresponded with some people because of it and was even featured on some news outlets. I had a call with a secretary for my state senate representative in the federal government. Uh, and I was also written about in the local news. By the way, I absolutely love, I love, 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 love local news. If anyone reaches out to, to you for a change that you make, 
respond. It makes a difference. And those reporters are incredibly nice. Um, from the high school, the next thing was restricting straws in the town. I was at one point supposed to speak on a bill at the state house um, in, uh, in my state, state house representatives, but it fizzled out. So again, this is why we need youthful energy to keep pushing. I will not ever stop. I will never let a bill fizzle out. That is the last thing I plan on doing. Part of the reason I think that youth environmental advocacy is so hard is because politics leans on heavy wisdom, experience, and rhetoric, pro tempore, and age limits, and um, we we really rely on wisdom. I think it's one of the reasons why we're so scared to put age limits on um, positions in our federal and state governments. Uh, to help my plastic straw restriction in my town, I spoke with someone much more experienced than me um, who had banned plastic bags in my town. Took them a whole coalition, years and years, um, and they continue to be a leader for environmental advocacy and um, something that I really appreciate, just going out and picking up trash. They get some people, fix up the town forests, clean up the town forests, and just pick up trash. That's what we need to be doing. That's how we can help this earth. But again, obviously the legislation... Um, and this is something I really recommend, talking to these people. Um, we do not have time to sit around and build up experience and rhetoric by doing nothing, just sitting there in a chamber. There's no time for that. We don't have time for that. However, when we make change, we need to write. We're not allowed to hold off as vote. When I first presented my Warren article, I had to share it with my dad. I had to have my dad sponsor it. I wasn't 18. I wasn't registered to vote. I didn't have the same privileges. I didn't have the same wisdom. But I had the drive. And it can be done. I'm telling you right now that it can be done. You know, there's, again, there's a lot of pushback. When I first presented it by the finance committee, there was a guy there and I knew it was going to be trouble. He was sitting there drinking a fast food, plastic, you know, soda drink out of a plastic straw. Um, and that's when it passed by favorable action. He was, um, he put up a little bit of a fight and he was a little bit concerned about what I was doing, but it's just, it's, it's a comfort. Single use plastics, single use plastics are comfort. And a lot of these things that are causing a huge negative effect on our environment are just simply a creature comfort. And people don't really think about the greater implications of what they're doing, and we need to show them. We need to get people to talk about environmentalism in a place where change can be made. And if we do that, change will be made. My one singular goal, if I could take just one goal from this, I have one goal for me, it's not a single restriction, not a single resolution, even if it was federal. All my resolution could do 
all my resolution could go for nothing. As long as people know my one goal, as long as people know how to do what I've been trying to do, what people have been trying to do, pass environmental legislation. We need the national agenda shift, and we can do it. When I got that first local news article published about me, I had a kid younger than I was write to me in an email about banning plastic straws in his middle school or elementary school. I think it was middle school. And it's not one of those processes that I could just explain in a simple email. It's something that's more complicated, but something that I feel is required. But this, this is for those people. There needs to be more of those people. And I think that everybody should be those people. Everybody should be that little kid trying to ban plastic straws in middle school because personally, I want to be alive in 2050. And living a life independent from national crisis and disaster. There are things that we can all do. These local laws for your town and your city are what affect your day-to-day -day life. And nobody else is going to do this. This isn't something you could pass off to the next generation or the next kid. We have to say no to polarization. We have to say no to polarization. We have to stop those people sitting in our government all over the country, chewing their straws and doing nothing. Go to your city. Go to your town and make a change. 2050 is too late. Let's go local. I gave you my story, and I'll give you the stories of others. As much as it pains me to say this, I know how much time this takes, but go to your town government meetings. Get involved. Talk to the people that make change. Get a, a citizen's petition for a WARN article. Talk to your schools. Talk to your grocery stores. Talk to your restaurants. Talk to your local representatives. Work with them. Understand. Get allies. Build that coalition. And then we can fight. These climate marches that we had recently were inspiring. Incredibly inspiring. And the point of them was to scare our legislators. To scare those people in our state, federal, and local governments to make a change. To show them what the science isn't. That people care. There's empathy and reason. And serious concern behind this. And yeah. It scared them. It did. But I think the real, true way to mobilize and really get our legislators scared into doing something, scared the way that they should be, is making it so that they have something that they have to address. Democratically, you cannot ignore a citizen's petition for a warrant article. You cannot ignore a change in town, local governments, high schools, middle schools, elementary schools, restaurants, grocery stores. If things start changing, everything is going to need to start to change. And this is something that we could do now. Before 2050, before writing numbers on a page, before we elect this guy or this girl or this person to whatever house of government, it is us, the people. Not just by voting. Absolutely not just by voting. 
we are taking one step in the right direction, but we need to follow through. We are writing the right things on the signs. We are writing the right things and saying the right things at the protests. But we need to write the right things, talk to the right people, and say the right things where it really matters on that legislation. We need to get together and make this change with the power that we all have together as the new generation, the youth that's going to make a difference. 2050 is too late, but we as the youth can make a real imprint legislatively on our towns, our country, and the world. This has been Clay Napurano with the 2050 Problem Podcast, Episode 1. Thank you all, and peace out.